This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast presented by my bookie. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Uh, I'm in trouble again, Damon. I'll start off with a question here from Jeff, who says, When will Joel apologise for his egregious comments about cops and acknowledge us blue lives? Hashtag not my co-host. Uh, Damon, I'm sorry, I've done it again. <laughs> I have, uh, I've incurred the wrath of the boys in blue with my uh, blatant anti-cop sentiments. They're out to get me now. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the Shinra Public Security Division, who are hunting down me, the player character, Cloud Strife, for my defection from the elite fighting force soldier to the freedom fighter slash terrorist organization avalanche in the city of midgar it's all kicking off damon but how is your game of final fantasy 7 going <laughs> I, I i was worried there for a moment uh joel i was uh, i don't want anybody i don't want any uh hounding you or or uh or uh, or, uh arresting you uh for undue cause oh it's terrible news uh my final fantasy games i've been um Slow. I've been back into the uh, NHL 94, 95, 96 world. But uh, it's weird because um, I listen. I know I have friends that are that are that are in law enforcement. As a matter of fact, I mean, um, some higher up than others. I, I have I have connections, Joel. <laughs> um, but um, look, I I was even out with him the other day, and. Uh, we were talking about the situation here in the United States, you know, and they ha- they have to they they acknowledge it, they know it, and it's uh, not something that um, it's going to go away anytime soon unless change is made, uh, and they know it. So I don't know why I'm talking in circles around about that, but I, I just think it's funny when people get upset over our. <sighs> our thoughts and our feelings about the world <laughs> that's always just troubles me <laughs> not even troubles me it's just like why would you care what we think just, i don't know well if, if i've learned anything it's uh photos of my daughter in funny outfits and <laughs> uh screen caps from comedy programs are extremely upsetting and distressing <laughs> to some people so i'll, I'll be oh, super careful in future my friend that sucks oh well what are you gonna do um I know one thing's for sure, Joel. We have uh, a massive show for those sticking around for the pro wrestling takes. Um, we have, uh, I don't know if you've heard, we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, it's someone who we predicted would have it, and it's someone who uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say is deserves, but I feel like uh, things have settled down in New Japan world. Uh, not just on the network, but in the world in general of New Japan, uh, with uh, the leader, dare I say, of Los Ingobernables picking up his uh, third IWGP heavyweight title reign. Well, the big question coming off the back of this summer struggle in Jingu Stadium is from uh, John Carroll, host of Wrestling Omakase, who says, hey guys, is New Japan dead? <laughs> so, Damon, when you finish watching this show, yeah. what are your immediate thoughts about, you know, was this 
uh, a triumphant comeback or was this a return to form for New Japan for you? It was a very, it was, there's only been a handful of shows where I can honestly say that I felt like I watched a complete New Japan show. And I think this was one of them. Um, they gave it their best effort. We knew on paper it was going to be a, a solid show. And I think that I think it's, that's exactly what they delivered, a solid show. Um, I love the outdoor vibe. Um, again, we're social distant. We're, you know, we're at what half capacity or quarter capacity and and that's going to be that way for a little bit across the world. Get used to it if you haven't already. Um, I don't know why people are still just hanging on to you know, this idea of that they could have more people. They, they can't have more people. This is what it is. And there were people in the in the stands. And it, and it was, I don't know, it looked nice. It looked great. It looked like a summer pro wrestling show. It reminded me a lot of um, the outdoor shows in Brooklyn that Ring of Honor and New Japan would, would, would co-promote. Um, I know people were throwing around the Texas Stadium world-class stuff. And I got that vibe, too. And don't tell me that you aren't going to remember those fireworks in the background. Naito holding up that title, or rather lying down in the ring <laughs> with the title. Uh, and, the, and the fireworks in the background. Don't tell me you won't always remember that moment. Uh, that's pro wrestling. That's what we're looking for. And with the, the, the promotion handcuffed the way it has been, I can't imagine this not being a success. Hell, they got people that paid money. They actually have, they, 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 could, they could put a number in the ledger next to tickets sold. What a, what a fucking concept in 2020. Tickets sold. They have it. They can put a number down. Nah, I, I was happy with it. And here's the thing too, Joel. This was not a slog. This was not a four-hour marathon where I got to pretty much carve out half my day to watch a fucking show. It flew by. Uh, yeah, it just clocked in at just under two and a half hours. Yep. That's, that's so it just goes to show you, like, uh, having a big show, because this was a big show, Yes, doesn't need to be a slog. It doesn't have to be more than three hours. Yep. That was, that was refreshing. Um, I thought the matches that needed to be kept short were kept short. Um, yeah, great pacing. Yep. I thought, uh, I thought everybody worked really hard in, from what I understand, in an oven. It was it was hot as balls, as it was described many times by many people. Um, hot as ball. I've, I learned more about people's balls in the past week, Joel, and how sensitive they are to temperature than than the feedback I've gotten from uh, the show and uh, Tokyo in general. And uh, we we crowned a new champion. Look, we we're going to talk about the match itself. Um, which, uh, I, look, I, I was ready to fire off some angry tweets, Joe. I'm not going to lie. Not tweets, but texts to you. Um, uh, because, yeah, it was getting a little frustrating. It was getting a little, uh, this shit again kind of feeling. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel like that interference and shenanigans, as we like to call it, bullshit, as we uh, affectionately call it, uh, worked. And it played to their advantage. Because as I'm angrily texting my displeasure 
we had the sit the big save from Sonata and Bushi, which which we called last week. Yep. And no, the, the, they they lay the. It, we've seen patterns like that from New Japan before. Like, do you remember when uh, Suzuki had his never title run in the the latter half of 2017, and it was full of bullshit and interference from Suzuki Gun. And then in the big payoff match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 against Goto, you had the Suzuki Gun guys try and make the run in, but then Yoshihashi and the Young Lions make the save. So you either have the payoff in two directions when you have a cheating interference heel main eventer. It's either that happens, the good guys stop the interference and save the day, or you have like the Jay White Okada thing where it's like, oh shit, he managed to win clean. So it's going to go in one of those two directions. I said last week, I thought it was going to be like Bushi making the save and, and that's what we got in the end. And and yeah, I agree with you that it did make sense given the story, but also agree with you that it was not one for the purists. No, no. And I, I, and I think there were, there were moments where that match was falling apart at the seams <laughs> and and they had to re- yeah you, you, it's like specifically the bit yeah there were a couple of botches in that like there was the bit with the ref bump which was really funky <laughs> terribly awkward yeah yeah um but again they were able to you know make sure that the uh the seam didn't split completely and uh, they held it together, and uh, they got to where they needed to be with fireworks. Um, again, I was, I was, I, Joe. I had the, the thing fucking ready, ready to hit send to you on the on that match. And as it was going down, here comes Bushi. Okay, let's see what's going on here. Here comes Sonata, cleaning house, dragging a back to the back. Okay, and 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 it was the same reaction in the crowd where you could almost. And again, you can't hear. I don't. I don't think there's a groan on the app <laughs> that they can hit. But I, I felt like you could feel groans in that building. And then they took out the trash, as Kevin Kelly liked to say. Uh, and you could feel the crowd come back and come to life and say, "Ah, oh, all right, we got rid of the bullshit." Let's let's have it. Let's have a let's have a strong finish, and again, now I'm I'm as interested as well, and as New Japan doesn't necessarily always do, people left with the smile on their face, right? Left with the smile on their face, which 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 we were reminded of in these troubling in these trying times, Joel, that. That's exactly what we needed. We needed Naito to win the title to get us back. But it was nice. Uh, I will say, but yeah, um, I would, I, I like the show. I would say a lot. I liked, I like pretty much up and down. I, I, I thought it was good. I like the visual of the outdoor. I think, I hope they run more. Um, and I felt like this was a solid new Japan show, Joel. Let's work our way backwards then. So that main event actually clocked in, in 26 minutes and 20 seconds. So it was definitely on the shorter side of, IWGP heavyweight title matches, which I think worked for it. I thought it was nicely paced. They they had all the you know shenanigans front loaded with the brawling and the chairs and all the goofy spots that Evil usually does. But I thought it was a, a nice, satisfying payoff and climax to this story that they've been telling with Evil and Naito. And it's not my favourite kind of uh, IWGP title match. Like I much prefer the clean finishes and you know exciting high-paced stuff with two wrestlers at the very top of their game but 
I didn't hate the fact that this was different. And I know it's been really divisive and some people thought this match was trash and the consensus seems to be, you know, this is like a a three and a half, the upper echelons of the the three-star range. Uh, We don't do stars in this house, sir. Well, of course we don't (laughs) do star rings. You know, we're not interested in that. But it does give you a kind of barometer of what the the consensus was, what people were feeling towards this match. But I enjoyed it. I thought it it was very satisfying at the end. And you got the story of Naito where he bought a ticket to go to the stadium 21 years ago. I thought that was a really cool uh, feature of the story. And, I mean, in in many ways, 2020 has been all about Naito, hasn't it? Because we've had his story uh, culminating at the Dome, where he won the belts. He finally manages to beat Okada with a double gold dash. And then uh, New Beginning, where he manages to vanquish the threat of Kenta. And then this storyline with Evil betraying him and um, causing some ripples in his faction and taking his belts away from him but at the end of the day it's just come back to Naito again so it just seems to me that these are all sort of feathers in the cap of Tetsuya Naito and it's fitting that the belt is back on him now and that switch into evil the the title reign went exactly as we predicted isn't it I mean if we can if we want to take a, a mini victory lap here we said that this is the New Japan playbook when you want to elevate uh, someone from the mid-card. And, you know, there, there have been breadcrumbs planted before with Evil. He has got some big wins in the past. You know, he was a guy who managed to beat Okada in the G1 in 2017. And he, he managed to beat Tanahashi in the New Japan Cup of the same year. And he was a spoiler for Jay White in the G1 the following year. He had the feud with Chris Jericho. He beat Ibushi uh, when he won the G1 last year. So it's not like he was a guy who came out of absolutely nowhere. But just like you did with Jay White in... Uh, 2019 you have that elevation he has the cup of coffee with the belt and now when someone like Evil goes into the upcoming G1 Climax you're going to be thinking hmm, he could be a player here he's a you know, potential finalist here or when he has a title challenge in future you think oh well he's a former champion so you never know what might happen so they do have to follow up on that you can't just like plonk him back in the mid cards and book him like you were doing before and you know if you look at when Jay White lost the title even though he had a very similar length reign. He, Jay White didn't get any successful defences, actually. He won it from Tanahashi and then lost it straight away to Okada. But in the follow-up to that, he was a G1 finalist. He was foiling Naito's plans for double gold. He, he had a run with the Intercontinental title. He was in that double gold dash picture. So even after he lost the title, the booking was very thoughtful. So we've got to see what the follow-up is with Evil after this. So... We've had Naito's little redemption story. We've shaken things up in LIJ. We've elevated evil. So I think multiple uh, purposes served in this uh, title reign for evil. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's, the, our biggest thing was give the guy a new co- coat of paint, right? We've, we've said it a trillion times before his surprise win. So not only did you get a, a, a new coat of paint, which you did, right? S- small changes, but... Those small changes make a big difference. You also help give them a boost uh, at the same time. It's, um, you know, I want to say it's pretty remarkable because I, I feel like they 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 can do that with just about anyone if they put their mind to it. But, yeah, I mean, I think everybody was – look, again, we know if we're talking for the match quality purists – uh, and, and again, count me in that bucket. Um, I don't know if Evil's my guy um, to to give me what I need in my pro wrestling, especially in my main events. I think the proof's in the pudding. But 
With that said, 2020, we did say let's shake up, shake it up a little bit. Let's rattle the cage a little bit. Let's let's uh, let's give give you know new new ideas and new thoughts. Uh, the the center stage, and I think we did that, and I think that's all positive given the cards that they, that they were dealt. Um, I th- I think the idea of giving Evil the title for this short run. Uh, to set up a big stadium show is you know, I, I, much better than the idea of successful title reign, successful title reign, you know, defense, success, successful title defense. You know, I, I, I think this idea is a little bit better um, the way that it, that it all planned out. And, and at the end of the day, as we sit here on September 1st, Joel, <laughs> whew, Ooh, could you imagine? September 1st, everything kind of feels a little right in the world when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So let's talk about Naito a bit now. Bad Chemicals writes and says, now that Naito's champ again, what do we think he needs to add to his game now? Can't do as much high flying anymore, but still can sell his ass off. I think he needs a new wrinkle. Otherwise, I fear that he might start to get a little bit stale, especially if the plan is for him to maybe face Okada again at Wrestle Kingdom. So, um, First of all, who? What, what do you think the plan is for Wrestle Kingdom uh, in, in regards to do you think Naito's still champion by then? Who do you think he faces? And two, do you think there needs to be any changes to the, the presentation of Tetsuya Naito? Because you know, he is someone who uh, resonates with fans when he, he's got his back against the wall, when he's being screwed over you know, by being taken out of the main event slot or being betrayed by people who were close to him. So he's someone who hasn't, spent a great deal of time as the all-conquering champion. But he's back in that spot again. He is the champion. So what's next for him? I'm thinking, well, I mean, that now it boils down to who do I think wins G1, right? Um, I don't I don't think they, they change too hard from the plan of winner of G1 challenges for the titles. Uh, and I, I believe that if if it is Okada, who I believe it will be, um, I think that's where we start talking about the title splitting. Um, you know, Okada is the only person who has uh, adamantly expressed his displeasure of even sniffing that intercontinental title. He has no interest in it. So if he does challenge, it would be for the the we'll call it the big boy belt. Uh, and then that's where where we see maybe something happening there. Uh, I, mean, I mean, to me, right now, it's between Okada and Jay White of who would be the challenger, the the, the leading up to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and right now, I'm leaning more toward Okada. Only because I mean, I, you could say the same thing for Jay White. Only, I, and I was going to say. Okada hasn't done shit all year, uh, and he, I kind of feel like he needs something to get a spotlight back on him instead of fucking this king of pro wrestling, KOPW, Kevin Owens pro wrestling, Kenny Omega pro wrestling. Uh, bullshit. Damn, you're always going on about fucking Kenny Omega. Can we not get through one episode where you're not <laughs> banging on about Kenny? Jeez. <laughs> My bad. I know. It's not a week that goes by that I don't see somebody talking about Kenny Omega. It's just like, man. What, what is it? Rent free? Rent free? Well, I tell you. 
There's a guy. There's a guy who's living rent free in a lot of people's minds. <laughs> and vice uh, versa. And vice versa. It? And vice versa. Let's, put, let's let's be very honest here. I don't I don't know if any anybody who's left a a pro wrestling promotion who has still to this day year over a year still talks about that promotion. I I don't know. I don't know anybody in the history of pro wrestling where that's happened. It's amazing. Anyway, we're talking about Kenny Owens. Do you think do you think there needs to be any uh, change in the presentation of Naito? I ju- I just think every time he defends that title, his fans are scared he's going to lose it. And but that's I, good. I think that's a success. I mean, yeah. you don't want to have any really predictable title defenses. So he's got that going for him. That's um, a great thing. I mean, in terms of it, in terms of his match output, I I don't have any issues with him. I I, I usually think he produces good matches, um, and occasionally he'll give you that fucking great one. Um, I, th- I he he's one of those guys that. I really feel like he doesn't need, he's not like he needs a, like, you know how Jeff, we talk about Jeff Cobb and Jeff Cobb, we kind of feel like he, they need to have somebody who can bounce around the ring for him. Um, I don't think that's, that, that's, that's Naito. He doesn't necessarily need that, but he needs, he, he I think where Naito kind of struggles a little bit is where a guy who maybe is not as good as him, he needs somebody at least at his level. To have really good matches, you know his good matches: Abushi, Tanahashi. You know those are really good matches. It's those evils, those you know those. Um, I mean, would you even put Jay White in that in that world? I mean, those are the matches. I, re- I really like the Jay White matches. Yeah, you remember me banging on about the one from Destruction last year that I absolutely loved. Yeah, I thought the G One Block Final was really good, but it, it's not at that same level. I mean, if you're talking like the upper echelon of Naito matches, you know, you're thinking those the G One Classics with like Kenny Omega, the final in 2017, or, or the the Block Final in 2016. Just incredible, like high flying, death defying stuff where you, you know you're watching. Through through your fingers, just hoping that no one gets hurt. But I don't know if we're gonna st- are we gonna see that kind of match from Naito again, or do you think he's slowed down significantly? I think when the time comes, he he can deliver that. I think Naito. I don't want this to to be. I think Naito is not a not. I think he's great. Um, but I think he needs to be in the ring with the right people. Um, like you're not gonna get a great match. Like, you're not going to get a Naito Fale classic, right? You're not going to get a uh, – he just needs guys in there that 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 are at the very least – and I'm talking physically. I feel like he needs guys that, that are at least at his level. Um, he's not good at carrying people. And I'm not saying that uh, – because I know I can just fucking feel it in my bones – that Jay White needs to be carried by any stretch of the imagination. That is not what I'm saying. It's just a different style. Maybe he does need a a more. Uh, help me, Joe. What, what am I trying to say here? He needs somebody that's more flashy, no, more dangerous. The, the last, more. I, I think if you look at the last few title matches he's had or opponents he's had, Evil, Kenta. Okada, these are, are, are three opponents who were sort of physically in control and 
dominating those matches. And Naito was the and Jay White as well. You can throw Jay White into that. They were guys who were sort of dictating the pace of the match, and Naito is very much playing the the babyface in peril in those. Do you, th- do you think that's a problem with him? I don't think so. I mean, I I found it compelling. Yeah. I guess we'll it'd be interesting to see what his G one is like. I thought his G one was fantastic last year, and I think he's he can still do those you know thrilling matches like the match with Shingo in last year's G one. Tremendous. Yeah. That was a, a lot of people's match of the year. So I think he's still capable of doing it, but maybe it just you know, it depends who he's facing or when he is the champion or in those main event pitches that they're sort of going for more of an emotional storyline driven match rather than, you know, balls to the wall, death defying action. Yeah, and I think that's that's I I, I mean that's what I like. <laughs> I maybe maybe it comes down just to that of I kind of just like watching those matches as opposed to to um, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I finally get the upper hand. Well, it doesn't have to be bullshit, bullshit. I mean, look at the the Okada match from Night Two of Wrestle Kingdom. There wasn't anything like physically or athletically spectacular in that match. It was very different to you know Wrestle Kingdom Eleven. Okada versus Kenny Omega, which was just like you know, breathtaking stuff, incredible match. Uh, but this one, the, the Naito Okada match, I thought was also amazing. I mean, one of the best matches I've seen, but for very different reasons. There was nothing in there that you were like, whoa, I can't believe these two guys managed to pull this off. This I've never seen anything like this before. It was just a, an amazing, well-crafted story, just perfectly told in the ring. Then where do you think people struggle with the, the idea or this narrative that Naito's not a top guy in ring. I've, I don't think I've heard that. Okay. I don't think many people are saying that. No? Right. Why do I hear it then? <laughs> Why am I hearing it? Cause, cause I, well, what, again, what forums are you on, Damon? <laughs> well, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> never mind. I was going to go. Uh, no, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't feel that, that, that people are, I think people are still longing for these title matches that are, you know, head and shoulders. And I hate to throw around stars, but you know, f- you know, four and a half, five star matches. And I just always hear it being said of Naito that you you don't get those. I think the blame has been leveled at Naito's opponents rather than Naito himself. Okay. Because I think Naito has the back catalogue of those incredible matches. So you know he is capable of doing them. But you know when he had his new beginning match against... Or the Wrestle Kingdom Night 1 against Jay White. People are blaming Jay White for that. Or the Kenta match. People who weren't into that one blaming Kenta. And these series of matches with Evil, people are blaming Evil. So I don't think uh, people are blaming Naito for that. I think people do have a lot of cachet in... Naito's ability to put on an in-ring classic but again a lot of people think he's physically uh, not what he was before you know people point to his knee some people point to his eye uh, or his neck or or whatever body part it is that he's ostensibly having trouble with at any given time that that's the question mark going forward so again we'll wait we'll see what the output is like in the G1 Um, but I have faith that it's it's going to be really good stuff. Um, let's move on to talk about, just touch on Evil briefly. Anders says, what do you see Evil's role going forward as? Is he a legit contender to win the heavyweight title again? So what, what do you think we can expect to see from Evil, let's say, 
what how does he do in the G1 and what kind of roles do you think he has at Wrestle Kingdom? I think he's got to be high with the point with the point total, right? Like just like you talked about. The last thing you want to do is just forget everything that you did in the past 3 or 4 months and just push it by the wayside. Um so yeah, you you put in the hard work to make the guy a legitimate threat. Um and that's another thing too. It's like you have a guy who's a legitimate threat now that that you didn't have before. And if anything, even if you would love this or hate hate evil in this in this position of being one of the, one of these top tier guys, at least it keeps you on your toes, right? At least at the very least. And again, we always talk about what makes pro wrestling great is keeping you on the toes. Who's going to win? I don't know. It could go either way. But that's what makes matches compelling in a a lot of senses. At least you got that. So, yeah, I think that they should. I mean, just because he lost the title does not necessarily mean that he has to lose that much momentum in this new coat of paint. I guess that's my point. So I, I would suspect points. At least double digits, uh, in the mix to the very end. Uh, I could see him like being in the mix on the final night, and maybe it's like a, a straight head-to-head with Okada, like Okada versus Eva. Winner of that goes through to the final, and then Okada gets his win back. Yeah, and it really depends on who comes back, Joel, and who's allowed back in, and and who who the participants in G One are. I mean, if if it's the roster that is exactly the the same that we see uh, for the past couple months uh, in, in Japan, then yeah, I think that's a, that's a given slam dunk, what have you. But if uh, some people are willing to uh, sit out quarantine and uh, are able to be in the country if they are maybe living there full time uh and uh, again waiting to sit out uh the the government imposed quarantine time uh you know we still got we still got a couple weeks to go before we ring the ring the first bell for G1 um and I think that's going to play a huge factor in uh one Who's coming back? If they're coming back, because again, we're we're seeing a lot of stuff of, uh, you know, the, the J- Japan allowing citizens and and half citizens and and all. If you live there, you can come back. Um, we're seeing that a lot, and uh, you know, you hungry? You hungry for a pastrami sandwich, John? <laughs> well, okay, let, so. We're, we're imagining some of these wrestlers trying to make their way back in time for the G1. And they're, they're sitting in quarantine, mm-hmm. eating their pastrami sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Who, who are we thinking, Damon? Well, I mean, I mean, the obvious ones are the ones that we know have residency in Japan. Um, Will Osprey, right? He would be probably mm-hmm. top of the list, right? If we're, mm-hmm. if we're talking about potential pastrami sandwiches. Uh, I mean, you, you'd imagine with the 
G1 what started September 19th and a two week quarantine mandatory you would have to imagine someone like Will Ospreay would be what in quarantine now munching away on his pastrami sandwich munching away on a on a sandwich um so that's you know th- but the math adds up there right Joel I mean if you're if you're a math kind of guy you're like adding and subtracting multiplying like division that adds up right a guy like Will Ospreay coming in making himself a delicious sandwich you like mustard on your sandwich I'm not a big mustard guy mustard pickles delight yeah I mean I there's a Corakuen Hall show Friday, September the 11th. Mm. Maybe he's finished his pastrami sandwich. I think he will have finished his pastrami sandwich. If I had to guess, Damon, yeah. I think he's he will have finished his pastrami sandwich in time for uh, September the 11th. And, and who else are we looking at? Juice Robinson? Juice? Juice likes sandwiches. I bet he likes sandwiches. I bet you he likes a big sandwich. Big fat sandwich. Uh, I mean, that's a possibility, right? If you're going down the list of people who... Would have to return or be allowed to return, sit in quarantine for a while. Might be tough. Imagine Juice in quarantine. He got to be going out of his mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't. He's got to be bouncing off the walls. Um, who else? Who else would be? Fi- fi- okay. Well, I mean, let's look at the people who are not in the country at the moment. I'm looking right. from last year's. Uh, G1 entrants who are mm-hmm. not in the country right now or who we, we thought not in the country right now so uh, John Moxley he's out yeah he's not going to be there surely no. um, Bad Luck Farley probably out given the situation in New Zealand restrictions with that I don't think we're going to see Bad Luck Farley agree? I mean from everything that I know about New Zealand which which is crowded house and the fact that they are they are adamant about Locking down the the second a uh, an issue arises, um, I think that might be a struggle. Well, let's put it this way: um, no, so no Farley, right, uh, Lance no Farley. Archer. What's that? Lance Archer? No, no, no. no. Obviously, he's, he's out. AEW guy. So uh, Kenta, I'm not sure about because he's got this uh, IWGP US title briefcase gimmick going on at the moment. I don't know how long that's going to occupy him for. So he's a question mark. But uh, the others, so Osprey, we're thinking yes. Juice, we're thinking yes. Yeah. Uh, and that leaves two more. Jay White, Jeff Cobb. Are they snacking on the pastrami sandwich as well? Mm. Do you think they're making it in before G1? Because my inkling is yes. Yeah, depends on what Jay's like resident status, I would think, would, would play a factor in that. And, I, and that I'm not 100% sure of. But I think they will move any mountain to make that happen. So I would not be surprised if he is uh, taking out two slices of delicious rye bread uh, and loading up those peppery, salty meats and piling it high on a sandwich. Why am I talking like this? <laughs> My describing voice. Uh, yes. So uh, I'm going to pu- I'm gonna put him in as a yes because I can't imagine a G1 without... Jay Whiteo. Right, so that leaves us with three slots then. Who do you think is getting You mentioned in? Cobb, so, right? You mentioned Cobb? Yeah. I, I think Cobb. Jeffrey's in. Okay. That, I mean, is, is he a citizen of any way? But you think they're just going to slide him in? How they, How's he getting in? I think I think they can slide in. I've, I know people who live in Japan who say that you can fudge these things. All right. 
We're fudging, huh? Harold's doing some fudging? Is it, is it, are you confirming rumors that Harold has, has somebody at the airport at Narita allowing people in and uh, making it difficult for people to get in? Are you confirming that rumor here, right here on the Super J cast, Joel? Uh, I would do nothing of the sort. <laughs> All I will tell you is I, you know, I know people who've put absurd things on uh, return entry forms before, and you, you'd be surprised at what passes. <laughs> right, I would agree with that. All right, so okay, all right, so there, there's some speculation. Who else? Three, yeah. well, okay, so then we would have three spots open. Okay. So who do you think is taking those three spots? Who wasn't in it last year? So could be uh, Suzuki, Yoshihashi, Makabe, Kojima. Uh, or it could be a junior, it could be Hiromu or Sho or El Desperado. So, what do you think? Give me three names who making that cut. Well, you figure Suzuki's got to be in it, right? As the never open weight champion, yeah, I think he's. Yep. In. Spoiler, sorry. Uh... Is Yoshihashi in it? I think so. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think Kent is going to be a problem getting in? I don't think it's a problem getting in. I think it might just be a choice for him because I don't know. This is you know pure speculation on my behalf, but I I understand that his family are based in the states, mm-hmm. and if he goes back to Japan, then it's a question mark when he's going to be able to see them again. All right. Good point. He's not going to be in a bubble. He's not going to do the NHL bubble. Uh. All right, Suzuki, Yoshihashi were saying yes. And then we got mean that means we got one spot left. Seems like seems like well, we were one or two depending on two. whether you think Kent is going to be there or not. Okay. If we're saying Moxley, Farley, Archer definitely out. Right. And Kenta may be out. Well, there's so two we're guys Suzuki and we're putting Yoshihashi in. So again, Makabe, Kojima or yeah. a junior like Hiromu, Desperado show. I think those are the main candidates. I, th- I look for me personally, and I, I and I think Kojima should, you know, just based off of legendary status, and I think it could go. I think we're I, just from a pure. What are we going to get the most return out of when it comes to getting a fucking boner over G one matches? Um, can we get show in there? I don't think you put Show in before you put Hiromu in. I think they've been having guys like Show and El Desperado rubbing shoulders with the heavyweights as a backup because they might have to pull the trigger on them in the G1 because right. there's so many moving parts to this thing. So I think they're on standby to go in the G1 if need be. If people can't so go. So I, th- I think they are below Hiromu on the G1 totem pole. He doesn't have a title right now, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. we, don't have to, we don't have to use this to set up matches... I mean, if you look at uh, Will Ospreay, who went into the G1 as the junior champion last year, right? And he got four uh, four wins. Right. Four wins, five losses. He had eight points, and there were seven people on eight points. So the precedent is there. I mean, they they have put in their you know junior ace into the G1 going four and five. Is that something you want to do with Hiromi, though? I don't think people remember him. I, I think they think that when people think back on on Will's time in in G one, I don't think they remember the numbers that he actually put out. 
I really feel like they remember no, the matches. No one cares. Yeah, yeah they they remember the scalp against Tanahashi on the final night. Right, right. I say do it. Nobody's going to remember and the you, points. You could do some interesting stuff there. You could have him maybe somehow getting his win back against Evil. Uh, you could have him going up against Okada again. Maybe you could have this sort of ongoing story where Okada is the one foiling his chance to meet Naito for for the big matches. So, yeah, there's a lot of things you could do with Hiromu if you put him in the G1. Uh, look, I think he could be a lot more creative. Um, the The idea of having these matches be, you know, a G1 that we all hope and expect intensifies at that point. I, I, I would hope that they find a way to, to, to make that happen. And as a consolation prize, and it's it's a hell of a consolation prize, show. Um, th- those, uh, not Makabe. I'm good with no Makabe. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm okay with no Kojima. Personally, I mean, that's the guy I, th- I feel like can go, but if I'm going to make a sacrifice, let let it be there. No folly would be nice. No, uh, no, no, no other. Um, no God, huh? No Zach. Is Zach? Do you think Zach's in? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, Zach's 100%. in. Tai Chi's in. Is God yeah. in? Do you think? No, no, no. <sighs> okay. All right. I'm I'm all right with this. When the fuck okay, are they so going to announce this? Um, when are so they announcing? We're guessing this. So Okada, Naito, Sonata, Shingo, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Evil, Zack, Taichi, Ishii, Goto, Yano. We're saying Hiromu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going Cobb, Osprey, Juice, Jay White, yeah. Suzuki, Yoshihashi, yeah. and Sho. Can we do that? Yeah, that's it. There you go. Write it down. Oh, yeah. When are they announcing these? Do, do we know yet? Uh, I would assume it will be the Korakuen show Korakuen. on the September the 11th. Okay. Right. Big day. Big day. I'm excited for that one. I can't believe it's September Isn't, it? Isn't that the best? Like That's one of my favorite moments of the year when they that little VTR starts playing with the G1 and you know you get the hairs on the back of your neck, the goosebumps, you're thinking, oh, who's going to be in it this year? That's... Yeah. It feels like Christmas, doesn't it, when that video comes? It really on. does. And then, and then, what is it? The next night they'll do they'll do the brackets, right? That's when they do. The, well, there's the, only one night at Korakuen, so maybe they might spread it double out. Double it up. They've got okay. a few shows coming up. They're doing Saitama, Chiba, Ibaraki, uh, Sendai, and then uh, Korakuen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. 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 Look, we're, at this point, if this were a a normal year. We'd we'd be done G one, wouldn't we? We we be we be uh, we'd be talking about winners and and moving on. We'd be looking forward to uh, the dome at this point. So uh, crazy year, but now we're a little late on the G one. We knew that it was going to be a little bit late with the Olympics, but um, yeah, we're getting excited. I think uh, that. That and the fact that they, you know, they'll have human beings in the arena, and hopefully, you know, cheering will be allowed. And again, I, I don't know about the cheering actually, David, because I've seen some academic stuff, some scientific research that says shouting, yelling does spread 
viral transmissions a lot further than God damn it talking or whispering. Really? So I, I know this is something that we're going to talk about for this Jingu show. How about kazoos? Noise app. Can, can we all have kazoos? <laughs> what did you think of that bleeding edge technology? Because uh-huh. the, the way I understand it, the, the, it was controlled by the fans. They've got an app. Yeah. And they press like, you know, cheer or boo. For some of the matches, they had like the, the wrestler's name. So they press like the Naito button to call out for Naito or they press the evil button to, you know, calling his name or whatever. So it was controlled by the fans. Uh, how do you think that went? Uh, it's weird because we get a lot of that with if you're a sports person like I am, you got a taste of that with um i think we first got a taste of that with the correct me if i'm wrong and i'm i'm so happy to say this word once again joel the bundesliga uh they they were piping in crowd noise um correct me if i'm wrong but uh premier league they did the same uh you hear it nhl bubble you'll hear it uh nba bubble you'll hear it in baseball games so i kind of got used to it um the crowd noise thing the the phony canned crowd noise thing um doesn't bother me uh, at all uh i don't think it's i, I think it's fine I, I i know people are turned off by it people think it's hokey uh, i've kind of gotten used to it just by watching twenty five thousand games in a, <laughs> in a month's time um look anything anything they can do they're trying at least they're trying um I thought, so, I thought it sounded okay at Jingu. I thought it sounded absolutely terrible in Korakuen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just, I, I used to have this little uh, money bank when I was a kid. It was shaped like a football. When you put a coin in it, there was like this little t- t- chanting sound like, ole, 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 ole. Yep. And that's what it sounded like. Just like this really horrible, uh, tinny, like, low quality sound. And it just, it just did not, feel right in Korakuen at all. I, it didn't. I hated it. I, but I, I, in Jingu, I thought it, it sounded a bit better. Yeah, I look. I mean, I, yeah. It's not perfect. It's something. Um, I'm a little upset that, that our voice isn't on that app <laughs> somewhere. Get up, just get up the street. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Again, maybe I'm just numb to it at this point. Um, it's something. They, they. I mean, what are they going to do? What, 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 what? Are, what's Plan B? You know what I mean? What's a, yeah, a, just a get used thing. to it because yeah. we're not going to be getting chanting anytime soon. Uh-uh. We really aren't. I guess according to Doctor Joel Abraham, we are not <laughs> getting <laughs> the spread. Will happen if we cheer. Oh, I like cheering. Fuck. All right. Well. What? Something I was cheering for was Dangerous Techers successfully retaining their IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships in 60 minutes and one second, uh, with Tanahashi getting pinned after a Zach Mephisto. So, Ibushi apparently brought his own fireworks <laughs> to this match, but wasn't allowed to use them. Uh, some great visuals at this. this like, yeah, he brought his own fireworks. He, he posted pictures of them afterwards. Uh, I loved seeing the sunset during Taichi's entrance. That was a great moment. It really was. Very memorable. That's going to stick with me. And yeah, I thought this was a really good match. It wasn't as good as their match at Dominion. I, I prefer the Dominion one more, but they told an interesting story here with Zach's knee, which you know, was the smoking gun. And you thought, oh, okay, so this is going to be the story that uh, Golden Balls go after Zach's knee and manage to win their titles back. 
but they didn't. I thought, it, yeah, I, I enjoyed the match a lot. It was shorter than I thought it would be, but uh, understandable, you know, given the heat out there. I think they tried to keep a lot of these matches short. And yeah, I like this one a lot. Um, I think we are ready to move on from this feud. And given the backstage comments, Ibushi looked disappointed in his tag team partner and said, that's it, the tag team's over. It's back to singles action for both of us. So uh, what did you think of the match and what happens going forward for Ibushi and Tanahashi? I thought this whole entire run and this whole entire program was was pretty magical in its subtleties and its um, uh, positioning of a lot of the, the guy like in this whole entire thing to me, Zach has taken a complete backseat, right? Like Zach has not been a focal point of this at all. It's been Tai Chi who has, I'm not going to say carried this team, but he's been elevated as a leader on this team, which. All right. Let, let me jump in with that, Damon. Where, where would you rank Tai Chi in terms of heels in New Japan at the moment? Who who were who were there in Japan? Well, I, I think he's behind Suzuki in Suzuki Goon, if that means anything, right? And he's he's nipping at the heels of the top guy. Um so I mean I have to put him below Suzuki. But to me I I I I enjoy him. Just as much as I enjoy a Jay White, or just as much as I enjoy a top tier Bullet Club guy, or you know, I mean, he's he's in the upper tier of heels in the company. I don't think there's any question about that, right? I think if any if anybody is questioning that, they're 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 out of they they haven't been watching. Let's put it that way, they haven't been watching. Um, and I think this tag feud has helped make that happen like he is the guy on that team Zach is definitely the Marty Jannetty if you will of that team Zach is the Dennis Condry of that team um and on the flip side you've got Kota Ibushi pretty much saying that Tanahashi you're 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 really uh age is really catching up with you (laughs) you're not holding up your end of the bargain here. You're not holding up your end of of, of this team. Um, Which, again, is a... I always like it when baby faces and two of the biggest baby faces and they remind you constantly that they are the baby face tag team of all baby... They are 1980s baby face tag team personified. I love it when you get little glimpses of 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 those type of 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 characters being a little bit having a little bit of a gray area, having a little bit of uh, you know, a little edge, a little sandpaper, a little grit, and that's what you got there. Coda constantly with those not disappointed looks, but almost like oh, what the fuck are we doing here looks, you know. Yeah, that and the and his idea of all right, we're done here. Yeah, we're, we're we're back to singles. Look, I think the handwriting is on the wall at Wrestle Kingdom. I think we will see Tanahashi Kodobushi. but um, t- 
to me, the whole this whole dynamic, this whole this whole four piece moving part thing over these titles. I we haven't seen anything like this in years. When it comes to these fucking titles, I think they did a magical job. If if we're going to put a a plus next to New Japan Pro Wrestling for the year 2020. This is this is where we start, right? This is this is this is an A plus booking. Uh, this is A plus storytelling. This is again, you're not beating us over the head with shit. Uh, to me, this has been one of the most enjoyable aspects of COVID nineteen era New Japan Pro Wrestling. Do you think those tag team titles are now elevated enough to where they could be the co main event at the Tokyo Dome? Um, possibly. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you the, the very fact that you're considering that is a huge win. Yeah, yeah. Because if I said that to you no. a year ago, hard you no. would have laughed me out of the building. Right. I mean, you could. I mean, get, you, you. I think we would need a little bit more. I would. I would like a little bit more. Like, but if we said hard stop, boom, next show is Tokyo Dome. I don't think many people would have that that big of an issue. These these titles have look. They're the they're, this program has helped elevate those titles into something people care about, um, and that's all that we ask. Now they can do that at any point, and it seems like this com- company has this thing where they'll cool off a title for a while to give a focus to another title. And we've seen that with the Intercontinental title. We've seen that with the U.S. title. We've seen that with uh, Junior title. We've seen we, – they have this way of you need to pay attention to this. Okay, we're pulling back. We're going over here. They did. A, they, they have done a remarkable job of, of putting four high up on the show. The, the, you know, the, we're not talking about – fucking mid-carders. These are four guys that are at the top of the show going after these titles with interesting subplots uh, to keep things fresh and interesting and dynamic that we haven't seen in years. And and so 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 let's let's be clear. We know they can do it. Right? So all of our complaints for years is is because we know we could have something like this. This, this it wasn't like a magic fucking wand appeared and we now have creativity on time. No, they just focused and gave a shit about it. It makes so it look so easy, doesn't it? Just take four quality upper mid-card slash main event level wrestlers who are not doing anything, give them uh, a long time to tell their story, give the matches long enough to to shine, put them in prominent spots on the card, and there you go. Suddenly you've elevated the title. It's just, it's so simple. You would think. But there are little subplots that make it even more interesting. And again, I don't know if that's under, you know, you know, uh, the, the booking team who's giving them that direction, if it's them taking the lead and running with it. However, whatever that dynamic might be, um, not only are they doing what you just suggested, Joel, they're, they're making it even more interesting with these little fucking subplots that are underneath all of this. So 
And again, let's let's be very clear. This is Tai Chi is nipping at the heels. I I, I would not. Let me ask you this: Would you be surprised if at Wrestle Kingdom it's Tai Chi Suzuki? Hmm. I think we might be getting a rematch for Wrestle Kingdom between these two teams. I think we're too far out. Really? I think we got Abushi Tanahashi singles match. Yeah. I mean, they spoke about maybe meeting in the G1, so that could happen. There's, there's a lot of interesting directions they could go. But I remember Ibushi specifically saying he wanted the tag, tag titles to be able to main event the Dome. I don't think it's going to be at that level, but I think right. they could get close. Right now, they, they're they on the right path. Let's put it that way. I don't think we're main eventing a, a show with that, but um, yeah, I think we're... Can I ask another question, too? I don't know why I'm asking if I can ask a question, but... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card... But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network how 
Have they ever officially given the date? And I know it's always January 4th. Have they officially announced a date for this fucking Dome show? No, they haven't. I think they're waiting to see what the COVID situation is like. Because I don't know if they want to run uh, a half-empty Tokyo Dome. They might just postpone it until they're able to get more people in there. Okay, here's, here's, here's my issue with this. You know as well as I do that there are a lot of people that go to this show and fly and travel and all of that. And I know that at this point, you kind of got to scratch your head and be like, you, you know, if you still have money invested in this travel idea, you might want to th- make another plan for that money. <laughs> right. Uh, and if you, but there, you know, as well as I do that there are people that are still holding out hope that, this goes on and they're able to travel and go to this show. Do you think that they owe it to them to say, okay, this is off. This is off the table. See you next year. No, you know, I keep saying there's too many moving parts. The situation is too fluid for them to make a decision this early because it's the beginning of September. So we've got September, October, November, December. We've got four whole months and, things might be a lot better in four months. They might be worse in four months. So I think it doesn't do anyone any favors to make any uh, big decisions now when the layer of the land could be totally different in four months time. All right. Uh, They never officially canceled the uh, Swede concert, did they? Uh, That's a good question. I don't think they did. Hmm. All right. I don't know. It just seems like people make plans. And I understand that we want to hold off. Let's not make any rash decisions, et cetera, et cetera. People got money invested here. Just saying. Can we just, just so people can get their money back? You know, they want to, they're going to spend it on your product when you come back. Trust me. The, the, the people that are, that are spending money now, they're going to spend money later. But, you know, a lot of people only have so much money to go around, so if you can make their lives a little bit easier. I, I, I get the Tokyo Dome. We, I, I, I understand. The, trust me, I do. But I'm just looking at it at, at, from a fan's perspective of what the fuck are we doing here? Because uh, am I going or not? And it's September, and I got to fucking figure this shit out. Uh, and I'm not saying me, because let it be known. There's no way I'm going to the Tokyo Dome unless somebody fucking – pays for everything because that ain't it ain't fucking happen and i i have people that might do that but but, but uh know that i am not unfortunately i will not be in attendance this year first time in six years let's go to the fourth match which was the iwgp junior heavyweight championship match where taiji ishimori defeated hiromu takahashi in 13 minutes 30 seconds with bone lock to become the new champion uh, I thought this was really good match with the story being told about Ishimori going after Hiromu's shoulder with surgical precision. He was laying into him with kicks and mysticas. There was the 450 to the shoulder, which was amazing. And just the, the energy and athleticism and aggression shown by Ishimori was really impressive and uh, you know, very, very different to how his output has been for most of this year. 
So he was really fired up for this and it showed. I thought Hiromi's selling was excellent. It really carried across that, that tail of the match. So you know, on the one hand, maybe this is freeing up Hiromu for uh, a transition to heavyweight or he might just be dipping his toes in the water for G1s. You know, a lot of different ways you go with Hiromu now. So uh, Definite One asks, what do you think is next for Hiromu? Are they building to main event slash heavyweight title run or is that still years down the road? And Clay says, do you think it's too soon for Hiromu to be in another match after his shoulder injury costing the junior heavyweight title? So what did you think of the match and what do you think is next for Hiromu? Love the match. I thought the match was, if not my favorite, it was right up there with them. Um, it's, it's really a, a, a two-horse race when it came to my favorite match on this show. Um, this was one of them. Uh, I'll go so far as to say this was Ishimori's best performance of 2020. Um, I thought he he was outstanding. I thought Hiromu was, was fantastic as well. Uh, look... We talked I, sorry, about. I just did want to say that uh, it, incredibly hot and humid out there, as we know, and yeah. a lot of other people in other matches were botching stuff, presumably because of the heat. But here, these guys did not miss a beat, did they? Everything was executed flawlessly, and I think that should be applauded. Yep, nothing, nothing that rings, you know, you know comes to mind. Out of the, no, look. <laughs> People were sour on Ishimori this entire year. Um, I, I, I truly believe that this match helped quiet those critics. Ishimori is really good. Uh, I have no problem with him winning the title. Um, and we said here you know, when we did our preview show and even on shows before that, that um, I don't think it's necessary for him him being Hiromo, to have the title. Um, look, I feel like he could carry that junior division now until he decides he wants to leave. Like, to me, he is the star of that of that division. Um, and dare I say, he's, he's, he's right up there with the heavyweights when it comes to star power. Um, do we want to go the extra mile and, and say, okay, we've already dipped our toes in that heavyweight pool, are we pushing him up? I don't think so. I don't know if the, I don't know if we want to do that. Um, again, we freed him up from the title, so there's that responsibility and 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 the luggage that comes with that um, from a booking perspective is is out the window. So we can have as much fun as we want with Hiromo. Um, I still think there's more to be done junior wise. I don't think I don't think we're done there. I don't know if we move him up this quickly to heavyweight, like full-time considered heavyweight, but you could. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be that on the fence. You could. You, you, I mean, doesn't have the title. I think it's quick, though. Um, I, I think he's still a junior for the, for the foreseeable future. But G1? Why not? I say, I say, let him crash. <laughs> He is so good, isn't he? And oh. so transcendental that there isn't a ceiling on him. No, there really isn't. Um, look, if they bring in more people, my, my biggest fear is that, I mean, they, he could feud for that junior title. Oh, we never I, saw the match with Robbie Eagles, did we? Which they were paving the way for. I mean, that's one, right? Um, I mean, do we, do we want an ELP match? Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, there's two. 
I mean, could we possibly, maybe, if things go well? I'm going to throw a name at you. How about a little ACH action? Master Watto. Master Watto. We, we got many roads we can go down in the juniors. Uh, for both guys. You know what I mean? For both guys. Look, let's let's get through G1. Let's see where we stand after G1. I think we'll have a clearer picture of what his path will be. Uh, but know that, that I think losing that title might be the first step in that. Then I'll tell you what, Taman. What's up? Talk to me, please, about... <laughs> what do you want me to talk to you about? <laughs> what do you want me to talk uh, to you they, about? They, they talked to me about the third match on this show, which was uh, the never openweight championship match between Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi, where Suzuki okay. won in 40 minutes, 56 seconds, with a gotch-style pile driver. Were you surprised by this? A little bit. A little bit. 52 years old. 53? How old is he? Over 50. He's winning. He's still winning singles titles. Now again, I know I know people want to think of Shingo as some fucking 25-year-old. Yeah, he ain't. But okay, he's not 50 either. 52? Over 50. Uh, I'm, I'm always surprised at, at that. I always remind myself that uh, I'm probably closer to fucking... Suzuki's age than I am Shingo's age, uh, and I'm and I'm amazed at what he can perform at the level he can perform at. Uh, I loved this match. Like I said, it was between this match and the Hiromu um, Ishimori match. They're they're somewhat samesies when it comes to Suzuki matches. Like, I feel like there really isn't a lot of variance when it comes to his matches. Uh, and when people talk about, can you get tired? Like, people had a complaint of with Ishii matches, right? Of, okay, we're, it's an Ishii match. You know what you're getting. Can you Can you get tired of that? I can't. I don't, but you know what you're going to get. It's pretty one-dimensional. It's a it's a fantastic dimension. Don't get me wrong, but you know what you get. Uh, Suzuki matches are, are are similar. You know what you're getting. Now that can go off the rails sometimes, um, where when he goes brawling in the crowd and it's the walking brawl and all that. When it gets too much of that nonsense, then. Okay, that's that's where we fall apart with Suzuki matches. But when you have shit like this in here, with a guy as physically as talented as Shingo, who could take a lot of the fucking beating that Suzuki can deliver. Look, there is one spot. And I always talk about, you know, those chops. And there are guys, who, like the Ishii chop, where he hits you, and it's just a, a thud, right? I don't know, there's something... I think Shingo has the best fucking chops. And followed up by Suzuki. Those things echoed through that fucking building, that stadium. I swear to you, you could have heard it on the Rainbow Bridge. Those things were 
just noisy and loud, and they look like they fucking hurt. Um, look, for those people who want that match, that style, that hard-hitting style, the beefy style, look, never, never's your title. Never's your title. And, and, and the heavyweight title can be that at certain points, right? In certain points of his history, you absolutely can get that. And, and even the Intercontinental title. Right now, focus your attention. If this is what you're looking for in your new Japan Pro Wrestling, focus on your never, uh, never uh, heavyweight championship, your openweight championship. Um, because it delivers every fucking time. Now, what do we do with Shingo? Let me ask you this: well, is, is Shingo's in? Is, is he? We didn't talk. I didn't hear his name. Maybe I missed it. He's in G One, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I was going to ask you: Do you oh. think now he's lost that never title? Is is he being freed up for something? Because when you get to this time of year, when you see people losing singles titles, then you do start raising eyebrows, right? Hey, maybe bigger, brighter things. You know, maybe maybe, maybe shinier titles. I do think that I, I am in that in that pile of people that that when you start losing titles around this time, especially going in, because again, it, it, you're not just crowning a G one winner. You're you're crowning programs, and you know your wins matter, and more importantly, your losses matter because you know you're going to be seeing them in the future. So yeah, I think it's on a show like this. It's more important than the people who did lose the titles, right? Usually, it's the other way around, but it's the, it's the people who did lose, except for Naito, uh, who did lose that we're more focused on because we're freeing them up to do maybe even bigger and better things. Let's pause from summer struggle, Damon, to talk about summertime at my bookie. Ah, my bookie are good friends at my bookie. Well, look, uh, it is summertime, Joel. It's uh winding down quickly right before our eyes uh at my bookie that can only mean one thing it's winning season winning season means doubling your first deposit hey how about that winning season means free bets super contests survivor contests and more at my bookie winning season is all about your chance to win big you can bet on the nba playoffs How about the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some? The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. You know sports. A lot of people listening to this show think they do. Well, prove it. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time. With my bookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code SUPERJ, all caps, SUPERJ, and double your first deposit. Again, promo code SUPERJ, double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, Parlays, they await. Sign up now. Bet with the best. Celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today. New customers receive 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Put in one, $100 and get an extra $100 
to play with. Again, my bookie, my bookie is taking your bets for the playoffs, UFC, baseball, enter code Super J and double your first deposit. Now, if you were a betting man, Damon, I doubt you would have had money on the outcome of this second match, the KOPW 2020 final four-way match with Toru Yano catching Kazuchika Okada in a schoolboy pin after seven minutes and one second to become the provisional KOPW 2020 champion. Um, Before we get into that match itself, let's just briefly touch on the first round matches. So uh, we had beginning... El Desperado against Satoshi Kojima in a no finishes allowed match, which I, I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed it for the most part. I know we had a, a ref bump, which took me out I'm of sorry, a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed the, the story with there were a couple of times where Kojima used the lariat and then Desperado blocked it, and there was a bit of consternation. Ah, I used the lariat. No, no, that, that didn't count. And then another moment where he's about to use it, and the referee was like, no, 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 don't do it. And then at the end, I just enjoyed the finish with Despi being such a little shit. And winding up Kojima so much that you could see it. He stopped and he thought about it. And you could sort of imagine the thought process being, if I do this, I'm going to be eliminated from this tournament. Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to knock this little prick's head off. And he did the lariat anyway because he he, he got so annoyed. He just wanted to knock this guy out. So I thought that was a a really fun match. I enjoyed that one. Uh, Yano against Bushi with their two count match. I don't know. I just don't find Yano funny anymore. This, the, the match didn't really do anything for me. Um, but at least they kept it quick. So it was pretty much what you'd expect. Uh, Sonado against Sho with the submission match. Oof. I quite liked it. Really? I, 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 yeah, I did. I thought it was good. I thought there was some good technical action there. I enjoyed the grappling. It was very smooth. It's very easy to watch. Uh, again, I think what we, we said last week was true in as much as I think not having pinfalls on the table did hurt the match somewhat. But I, I enjoyed the finish. I enjoyed the fact that Sonado had to dig out a new submission move and, and was uh, using, I think, was some sort of leg or, or ankle manoeuvre to get the submission. And I thought there was a really good selling from show from that. Uh, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Okada in that uh, handicap match against Yujiro Ghetto and Jado because that's uh, an abomination against humanity. I like, seriously, one of the worst New Japan main events since I've been a fan of the product. Uh, so anything stand out for you for those four first-round matches? Um, I don't know. I mean, like every one of these matches, I sat here and I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to have fun with it. I'm trying to find the fucking humor in it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fucking miserable human being. I, I couldn't find it. I spent more time just being like, why would anybody think that way? Like, give an example. Kojima. The Lariat. Like, you mean to tell me that a fucking guy, triple crown winner, former IWGP heavyweight champion, tag champion, you know, many years in this business, can't go into a match and be like, oh, okay, I can't use my Lariat. And I have no other way of beating a guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... Like I don't know, and, and and he forgets. He's in the ring. He's oh, how can I for how can I fucking I can't, I can't use this it's muscle memory, Damon. He's been doing it so long. <laughs> you can't unlearn these things. Really? Okay. I don't know. I find it hard to believe, but okay, it's pro wrestling. But I do like the fact that it it wasn't a oh I I'm I'm a bonehead. 
I I messed up. I hit. He did it, you know, to fucking be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm knocking this guy out. That okay? I'll take that. Uh oh, 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 I'm jumping all around with it, but I did not like the the submission the submission match. To me, that was I was I was on my phone pretty much through the whole thing. Pretty much through the whole thing. Um, I feel like I had no interest in the match. I had no interest in the steps. I thought I thought the steps did nothing to enhance the match. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Didn't like it. Uh, the main event was just atrocious. Just uh, not for me. This honestly, this was this was North Carolina. New beginning USA third match bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's exactly what it felt like. Just not. Uh, I, what I mean, look, not. I don't think if you liked it, God bless you. You found something in it that 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 got you through your day. More power to you. I could I couldn't wait to turn this show off. I couldn't wait. Um, what match am I missing here, Joel? Oh, Yano. Look. <laughs> I mean, it's Yano, man. Um, every once in a while, like I, like I enjoyed when he got fucking thrown into the elevator at Corkin. I, I thought that was a, a fun spot. And Yano's a guy you can have fun spots with. Uh, there's only so much f- goofiness and fun that I can that this man can handle. Okay, a, a, a daily dosage of fun. I, I just, I, I just, I just don't care. I, that's the problem. I just don't care about shit like that. So it makes it very difficult to go through. So now we got four matches where. And again, I know I know this is building for the second match on the show. I understand that this, in general, is meaningless bullshit. I understand that. We spent but a I whole. Think the pro- David, we didn't know it was going to be meaningless bullshit from the start. Right. I think it's that's a problem my point. Of expectations, right? Because when it's Okada, who you know is yep. everyone lords as this you know great all-time great wrestler. And he's in this big press conference and he's talking about his prestigious new title and he's, he, he specifically yep. mentions ladder matches and cage matches. That set expectations that were not met. If it was like Toru Yano's goofy wrestling 2020 and Yano's coming out saying, oh, I've got this idea for a new championship, then I think people might not have reacted so negatively against it. It was just the fact it was, I think, set up to be one thing and it turned out to be something else. Because I here's the thing. I think that on the fly, they kind of... In the beginning, that's what they really they kind of maybe felt like they wanted it to be. And you know, on the fly, it turned into something else. Look, I the thing that drives me nuts is that we spent an entire... Like, there was a show that, that apparently we have to talk about um, that was dedicated 100% to set up this nonsense match on a stadium show. With, again, arguably, the best pro wrestler in the company. And show, who, again, we're hoping for bigger and better things. 
and Sonata, who, like him or, or not like him, he is upper mid-card. At the very least, he's mid-card. I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of fucking nonsense for one show over what what was the equivalent of second match of the show, which was, again, a lot of, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of wackiness. Uh, I don't know. To me, this is this is not for me, and uh, I would be surprised. You know how like things kind of just fade away into the distance. How we thought maybe like the never t- six man titles were at one point in jeopardy of just completely going away. I think this that's what we're gonna see here. I. I don't think this time next year, Joel, we are we are uttering the four letters K O P W. I think this thing is I it, unless they they completely change it up and 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 if if it remains this if this is what this is this is going this this will not last a year. This will be yeah. one and done. I mean, who is this for? Who, who are the fans that would say we need uh, an undercard comedy title to put over Toriano? Because we no. all thought this was going to be oh, this is something to keep Okada busy, keep him out of the title picture, right. and it wasn't that. So, yeah, I think you could be right that this is something they saw. Uh, this isn't working. Let's just you know quietly <laughs> sweep this one under the carpet. Yep. Uh, I mean, because again, you can easily do that with Toriano, right? Or you know whoever like again, I still I still don't know all the rules. To be honest, with you. so Toriano has he's going to defend this. And by the way, that trophy, what the fuck was that, dude? Did you see that trophy? <laughs> yes. What the fuck was that? It like a some little league, like <laughs> yeah, 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 like a little ornament on. It. Yeah, it stunk. It stunk. Everything about it stunk. Um, so he's going to defend this fucking little league trophy. How, how is this work? Help me! I don't fucking know, Joel. Okay, so he's got to defend it. Yeah, and if he is still the holder by in what the end way of the year, then he in, like becomes in, in, in regular matches, just in regular no, singles no, it's, matches. It's going to be the the same thing where oh, he we got to vote again. Stipulation. Get the and, yeah, fuck out of here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? We gotta go through the, the oh, wrestlers fucking up promos. <laughs> oh fuck! Nobody cares about no one. No one cares. Don't give me. Oh, gives them something to do. Does it? Ugh. Stipulation matches. I'm gonna stipulate a match where nobody wears underwear. <laughs> Now you're talking. <laughs> now you've got my attention. All right. Now we're talking. All right. Uh, panties match. Let's, I think we're ready to move on from this. Uh, first match was a special singles match with Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Master Wato in 7 minutes 31 seconds with the sunset flip. Geek! I thought this match was bad. There were a lot of botches, and I know it was very hot out there. Maybe it had something to do with it, but it was just, it, there were so many of them. That it took me out of the match, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is not good to watch. I'm not enjoying this." And like Watto's shoulders were up at the end of it. It was right. just, 
yeah, not a good outing at all. And you know, who do we blame for that? Do we blame the Heat? I don't. Can we blame Kanemaru? Because you know he's a seasoned veteran. You don't usually see him fucking stuff up. Is this yeah. inexperience from Watto? I don't know, but it was just an ugly match that I think both wrestlers would like to forget. I'll tell you what. I was watching this match and I'm thinking the 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 the, the thing that was ringing in my head was your voice reading off some of the uh, um, online chatter about Master Huato's excursion in Mexico and how it was not received very warmly and the, and the reviews were tepid at best. And I sat here and I said, hey, look, don't judge things by an excursion. Don't uh, don't mean a lot. Wait till he gets back here. Main roster. Everything will be okay. Everything is not okay. <laughs> um, he looked bad. And he has not looked good since day one. Joe, I know you you want to you you want to strangle me uh, when I ask this. How you feeling about Master Watto right now? I think tag team wrestling is the place for him until he sorts his shit out. Basically, I don't know if it's lack of confidence. I suspect it is, but he is judging by this not ready for prominent singles matches. If we, in some way, hit did a hard reset, we pulled the plug from the computer, have him sit out a month or two, come back, new gimmick. Would that help? No, I think it's just one of those things where he needs he needs ring time in front of crowds for televised shows uh, so he can get comfortable. And yeah, like I said before, I think being in a tag team with someone like uh, an experienced pro like Taguchi is definitely the right move for him. And I was calling f- for that from day one, Damon. It was exactly what I wanted. And Joel, I think- we got we got we got young lions that are that are lapping this dude. If I you could put any one of those young lions in the ring right now, and he would be a better spot than Master Wada. Right? Yeah, name name me name that. me yeah. Name me one young lion that you wouldn't put in that spot. <laughs> yeah, you got right. me there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this dude is in a bad fucking way. Not only does it again, I, we don't know, but from what we see, it, the dude's confidence is shot. He just looks like a like a like a, a wet noodle going out there, um, in a gimmick that is meaned beyond comprehension. Um, he's, you know. Looking at the lights left and right, big shows, opening matches, staring at the fucking stars, fucking up left and right. 
like like matches are falling apart at the seams, as I like to say. Joe, I would I would put a fucking young lion in there today. Clark Connors, Fredericks, Suji, you pick one, pick any one of them. Right now, I would put him over Master Wato. What does that say? It's not ringing. And and here again, Quato has ring experience. It's not like he's this is his first time in a fucking ring. It's not like we're dealing with goddamn, you know, I don't know, Dennis Rodman. Never fucking stepped in a ring in his life. This guy's you know, went through the system, went on excursion, has come back, and is worse now than when he was before. Like he's worse now. Then when he left, how is that possible? Either he's hurt. He, he, or or this, this, this might not be his thing. Or he's saddled with this fucking gimmick that he knows he can't pull off. And he's at a loss. I still think he's good, Joel. I really do, because the guy that I see in the ring right now is is not the same guy who bowed and waved at Corkin before he left for excursion. It's not the same guy. It's really not. Um, there's no fire in the guy. Like there's n- there's no fire in that guy. It's not the same dude. Something happened, man. Something happened. Whether it was, I, I don't like pro wrestling anymore. I don't know if I could do this anymore. I don't like this gimmick anymore. Someone stole my girlfriend. I don't know what the fuck happened. But he is not the same dude. Yeah, and I, I can't really argue with that. I mean, it's one bad match. I think the other matches have been fine. I like the docky match that, that he had at... I can't remember if it was Dominion or the New Japan Cup final because you know there weren't any botches in that I'm going to be generous and say he had a bad day maybe it was the weather or whatever maybe he wasn't feeling well and I'll see how he does in the tag team scene uh, but he definitely needs some help hopefully Taguchi can give it to him and you know his promos are pretty ropey as well that's why they put Tenzan with him Right. Um, you know, we've got questions about that. Tiger Driver Lee says, what do you think of Tenzan playing the unlikely mentor role for Master Watto? Another question about Tenzan, actually. Louis says, the only guy to return to Jingu Stadium besides Naito was Tenzan. Did you spot that? Uh, so, yeah, the fact that they've had to give him someone like Tenzan to be a spokesperson does tell you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they needed him to come out there to give him the, the rub, so to speak. Yeah. They're, look, they gave him that fucking the, – the, the only thing that they've done so far, they, they've saddled him with a terrible gimmick. I'm sorry. It's a, just shit. Um, they've given him the, the fucking video package for weeks. They've – I don't know. I mean, listen, they, and they all, they've also uh, – They've also tied his hands with fucking getting his ass beat by Doki out of the gate. So, I mean, that's not doing him any favors. So, I mean, I think this is, I think 
a hard reset is is an order. Something's got to be done because you're 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 look look. Not every I always say it, not everyone can be a fucking champion. Not everyone can be a star. This this is this might be the biggest disappointment of 2020. I think Master Wato might be the biggest disappointment of 2020 from a New Japan you know booking perspective. There's other things that have have gone sour this year. I don't know if you've heard Joel, um, but uh, from a New Japan pro wrestling, I don't think there's been a bigger disappointment than Master Wato. Well, just wrapping up Summer Struggle in Jingu then. Uh, a couple of questions. Rob says, at D4 DJ Groovy Mix presents Summer Struggle, there was no fanfare and montage before the Heavyweight Championship match. Is this because the Intercontinental Championship is also defended? Just felt it was a bit weird to lose the pageantry and hadn't noticed that before. Did you notice that? Mm, like there was no um, no video? Like what, what was, what was Yeah, you know, they do like the champions roll call, or the, you know, the little mm. video before the yeah. title match. IWGP heavyweight title match where it shows all the previous champions right I didn't notice it but um, now that it's pointed out yep you got a good point Um, Um, I don't think it's anything to read into though how many if any of these matches Damon do you think could be rematches for Wrestle Kingdom I don't think we'll see Naito evil Uh, I don't think we'll see Tekkers and Ibushi and um, uh, Tanahashi, uh, Suzuki, Shingo. I would say is, is a shot. Um, Hiromo Ishimori, shot. Um, that's about it, right? That's about it. If we're looking for rematches for. That would that would stretch on to Wrestle Kingdom. I would say I would say those two have a shot, but I, I don't think they will. But those are the, the the matches that would have a shot. Okay, well let's touch on what is coming up for us in Japan. So we have some televised shows coming our way, and this uh, junior tag team tournament title, tag tag team title tournament. That's a lot of teams yeah. uh, because Show has vacated the title because of Yo's injury. So we have got four teams. We have got Master Wato and Ryusuke Taguchi. We've got Kanemaru and Desperado. We've got Bushi and Hiromu. And we've got Gedo with Taichi Ishimori. So that's going to be taking place over the next few weeks. Top two teams in the round robin will end up facing each other at the final, which will be New Japan Road, September 11th at Korakuen Hall. And we also have a never open weight six-man tag team championship match penciled in for that, which is a rematch for the previous tournament final with Yoshihashi, Ishii and Goto against Sho, Yano and Okada. So just hearing those four teams, David, what are your thoughts on this upcoming junior tag title tournament and who do you think our winners will be? We just got done yapping about them, but I would think... Wato and Taguchi are probably a favorite, right? I mean, we, we know Ishimori and Ghetto. I mean, we know who's who's looking at the lights in that one. Um, what else is it? Despi and Kanemaru? Yeah, and I, I'm sort of leaning towards them because I think they are really good champions for that, yeah. those titles for that division. And I think there is more interest in Wato and Taguchi chasing rather than winning the titles straight off the bat. Yeah, if you want to help rehabilitate Watto, though, that'd be a nice win to get, wouldn't it? 
and we've already got that built in. Maybe he gets the pinfall here over, you know, getting some revenge from the stadium loss, maybe. Maybe. Um, so that's where I'll put my eggs. I'll put it on to Gooch and um, Master Watto with uh, – <laughs> can't believe we're going to give them any type of fucking straps, but why not? Let's do it. Let's start the rehabilitation of Master Watto. Speaking on the titles themselves, a couple of questions. KSJ49 says, why do the junior tag titles still exist? And Eric says, given none of the junior tag teams in the 20 need to be tag teams, uh, is this a missed opportunity to just let the straps fade away temporarily slash permanently? Uh, like Bushi and Hiromu could totally have a great match with Dangerous Techers. And unrelated, Peter and Miho Abe, where are they? I don't know where Peter and Abe are, but what do you think? Do you think they should have merge these titles or got rid of them or do you think there is still a place for the junior tag titles in the company Miho Ali she's playing video games online if I'm not mistaken like I see people um, tweeting her live streams I hope I mean I think they're video games let me know if they're not the video games if you know what I mean <laughs> I'll sign right the fuck up today um, and, bu- 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 look um, I don't I don't know why they still have them. They still have them because they have them. They've had them around for years. They're not just going to drop them out of nowhere. Can I say that they're the most interesting situ- you know, program on the show? No, probably not. Half these tag teams are just fucking t- teams they just threw together to make a tournament. Um... I mean, it gives a bunch of juniors something to do. I mean, if you're not... Like, if you're a junior and you're not in that heavyweight title program, what are you, what are you doing? You're fucking doing jobs in six-man tags for six months. That's no fun. Gives them something to do. Gives them, gives them a program and a, and a reason to be on a show. Now, that, that's, not a, that's not a glowing endorsement for the tag titles by any stretch. But, as we know... Things, you know, rise and fall in temperature. So um, even though it may seem cool now, uh, I'm sure that with ease they could heat it right back up. Yeah, I think there's a place for them. I enjoy having them like as the opening match on a big show. And yeah, like you said, it gives a chance for some of those guys to showcase their stuff where otherwise they wouldn't have anything to do. And also now it's the big rehab project for Master Watto. So we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> uh, Spicy Ride says, what should we name the team for Watto and Taguchi? Some ideas from the Discord are Grand Coaches, Way to the Ass, Grand Master, ah. Funk Masters, Grandmaster 69. Uh, why have I started talking with the Northern accent? Grandmaster 69, Grandmaster 69, Sonic and Tails, or any suggestion of your own? I like what I like. Way to the was it way to the ass? I like way to the ass. <laughs> I think that that's, that head and shoulders above everyone. Way to the ass. Everybody's looking for it, Joel. I don't know if you know that. Everybody needs a, Everybody needs a little rope. Everybody needs a Google map. Way to the ass. That's that's what I'm going with. Let's talk about Road to Fighting Spirit Unleashed in the USA. Oh, right. So. Uh, Friday show, we had Danny Limelight beating Jordan Clearwater. We had an eight-man tag team match with Adrian Quest, Blake Christian, Barrett Brown, and Mysterioso defeating Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, ACH, and TJP. And we also had Chase Owens defeating PJ Black. Uh, it's a very 
fun, easy show to watch. I know we just keep saying the same thing every week. I'm kind of getting similar vibes to uh, back when 205 Live was good in WWE. It was, you know, younger guys trying to prove prove themselves, bit high-flying. It was good stuff, easy to watch. Um, that said, main event with Chase Owens and PJ Black didn't, didn't really do it for me. I think mm-hmm. Chase Owens needs the right kind of opponent. Uh, I think his best work was that match he had with Juice Robinson in the New Japan Cup last year, and he showed a really nasty, vicious side. But when he's doing the sort of, you know, Memphis Territory heel, Larry Zabisco routine, then, yeah, didn't really do a lot for me. But, uh, yeah, anything stand out for you from this show, Damon? I hate to be a curmudgeon, but not really. I mean, everything... Like the, the Mario Man tags are the best bit for me. They're really fun, yeah. quick, easy to watch. Do you consider these shows must watches? No, not at all. No. But they're Do not difficult they could, to watch. Right, exactly. I, I, I yeah. I, I think it's the perfect description. I don't think any of this is must watch, but they are easy watches. So it's it's and and. Overall, what you see is good. Um, do they continue on with these shows in two months? I guess it depends who is leaving for Japan. So, you know, if, as we are predicting, Damon, mm. Jay White has gone, Jeff Cobb has gone. Who's left, really? You know, who's Kenta going to be defending that briefcase against? I think they probably have enough guys to keep it going. I don't think there's any harm in keeping it going because what else are these guys doing? So I I think, yes, the show will continue, but with a significant hit taken to the star power. But I think there's enough stuff you can do with, you know, guys like a Brody King or a Carl Fredericks to keep it interesting for us crazy people. Let's put it this way. If you're not signed by WWE or AEW, uh, as was said in a movie, you got nowhere else to go. Right? Where I mean, where are you going for work? Like, this is your only option. Now, that plays into New Japan's favor in the sense of, okay, you now instantly have this fucking talent pool of people that – could potentially be on these shows to fill rosters. And you could use it as tryouts. You could use it as, okay, let me take a look at this guy. Uh, I heard a lot about, whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would have no problem if they continued on this with this show, even without the guys that you mentioned. Just use it as that. Because who knows when we're going to see live pro wrestling again in the United States. Aside from the the bubbles of WWE and AEW, we're not seeing independent pro wrestling in this country. I mean, we'll see it sporadically, social again, but but you know, it's going to be a while. These guys have no work, so if and and they need to get in front of people's eyeballs. You know, absence in this case does not make the heart grow fonder. So I hope they do continue them and use it as just what I mentioned. You know, bring guys in, 
run it again like the fucking 80s TBS or Mid-South or whatever. Use it as a territory show and have it on weekly. I think you could do some pretty good things with it um, and give people work at the same time. So let's look at the card for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. This is Friday, September the 4th. First match, we've got Alex Zane and Fred Rosser against the DKC and Clark Connor. So Fred Rosser, you may remember from WWE, formerly known as Darren Young. Yeah. So that's a really interesting one. Uh, I was listening to the an interview he did on the podcast. Seems like a really nice guy, you know, doing a lot of anti-bullying work. And I believe he will be the first openly gay wrestler for New Japan, which I think is something to be celebrated and I hope there's more people coming out in the future um, but yeah do you, what are your thoughts on Fred Rosser and your expectations going in I'm going to be truthful I, I don't have much expectations I mean I don't think this is a guy that you, you're bringing in to headline fucking Wrestle Kingdom in the same breath um, it's kind of what I just talked about in the sense of okay we have these we have this spot we have you know we have places where people can have an opportunity. It does feel like a name pulled out of left field. Um, you know, like if we had a, a, a laundry list of people that were available in the United States, I don't think he cracks top 20, let alone on a show, <laughs> right? He's booked. Um, but let's see. Uh, again, I'm I'm open to this show being as um, experimental as possible when it comes to talent. Again, we're in a great, we're in a real weird spot when it comes to pro wrestling in the United States. Um, maybe we find the diamond in the rough with with something like this. And guess what? If it doesn't work, again, it's not like we're asking the guy to fucking headline Wrestle Kingdom. He's on a show in a, in a studio in California. Uh, and it could be one and done. It could be a, a series of matches. It could be, hey, we got ourselves a gem and we're going to put him in a program. Second match is Carl Fredericks against Mysterioso. I think it's just an opportunity to get a big singles win for Carl. Uh, third match, we've got a big boy fight with Brody King against Hikuleo. And then the fourth match, this is an interesting one, Flip Gordon versus Jay White. Now, David, would it shock you if I told you that Flip Gordon... Uh, is a COVID-19 denier. <laughs> what? Yeah, he, he posted that thing that was doing the rounds about oh, something like oh, 94% of cases of people that that died from COVID already had underlying health problems. Like, and, and I guess that... <laughs> surely that's got to come as no surprise to anybody that the flat earth believer also <laughs> is a COVID denier. But I thought that was I thought that was kind of proven that he was just joking around and like he oh no okay all right and he and again he doesn't eat anything when he's in Japan all right yeah he doesn't know where to find chicken in Japan uh, <laughs> right so I, I, so he's got this match again a big singles match against Jay White so Jay White a guy who appeared on the the last episode with his Black Lives Matters T shirt that he okay. and Tangaloa made themselves and are selling and hundred percent of the proceeds going to BlackLivesMatters.com. Damon, who am I supposed to be cheering for in this match? Who's the heel? Who's the baby face? Because I know who I am going to be cheering for, and it's not Flip Gordon. <laughs> uh, samesies. Samesies. That's it, then. That is uh, Fighting Spirit coming up uh, on Friday. 
One last question then before we go. All right. Mark says, should New Japan take a look at Brock Lesnar, who apparently is a free agent right now? Is that right? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, depending upon the... It, that's a big price tag. That's going to be more than Jericho. You know that, right? That's going to be more than Jericho. But let's just say it's more than Jericho. Are you putting them on Wrestle Kingdom? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I don't think it will happen. I think this is just pie in the sky. But if he's open to it and you got the money, yeah, definitely put him Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, You know, put him in the special attraction spot, you know, like the the co-main event. You know, know, we talked about the tag titles, but you could definitely stick him in there. Who, Who would you put him against? Who could get the best out of a Brock Lesnar? Presumably someone who can... Fly around, Master Osprey Watto. <laughs> Master Watto. We have who? Who you got your Wrestle Kingdom match? Um, look again. I know everybody's kind of cringing a little bit in the sense of, didn't we make this mistake before? I'm not saying put the title on the guy. Let me be very clear. Bring him in. Lesnar you know he's not going to. You know Lesnar he's not. Versus Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah, it's somebody's doing a job to him. Let's let's be very clear on that. Um, Brock Lesnar is not lying down at the Tokyo Dome. I would be shocked if that were were going to happen. Look, it's it's really about my only issue would be how much is that going to cost? And 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 as you like to say, Joel, is that juice worth the squeeze? Oh, Juice Robinson's going to lose to him. There you go. There's, there's your answer. Uh, done. We just answered. There you go. I would do that. I would do that. I would. I would do that. I really would. I would do it. That's um, what Juice is there for, isn't it? To lose to the ex WWE guys who are rolling in for a quick payday. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, but here's the thing: you I, you're doing that so that you make money on the back end on TV and all that stuff, or you know, New Japan, because you're not going to. The gate is going to be. Who knows what the gate's going to be? So if you do that this year, um, you can't. You, you you know this is not about selling out the Tokyo Dome at this point. This is about getting New Japan subscriptions. And let's be truthful: New J- New Japan subscription, New Japan World subscriptions for that month. Like you're looking for a hot January of subscription because you know a lot of those people don't stick around. They hop in for the main. You know, they hop in for the the, the 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 Wrestle Kingdom show in that weekend, maybe Dash, and then whoosh, they usually bail, right? Just as, as as if anything is an indicator in the past. Um, so what you're doing is is you're you're paying for Brock, so that you have a shit ton of fucking subscriptions, and and, and unfortunately, here's the problem, Joel. In this day and age. People don't have to subscribe to your fucking network to see your shows. That's the that's the honest to God truth. We all know this. I mean, I know that's the elephant in the room, but like there are ways people see your shows without actually paying for your shows. Not that I'm advocating for them, not that I agree, not to be very clear, but that's the honest to God truth. And I don't think the money that it would cost to bring in a Brock Lesnar is going to be worth it in the end this year. I hate to say it. So as much as it might be a cool idea, might be a you know something that would 
you know, interest and blah, 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 how it would normally work. I just, again, as you like to say, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze this year because you can't rely on a live gate. You're relying on one. The, the biggest thing you're going to get is a pop in January on your subscriptions, and that doesn't mean you're going to see that in February. And the money that it's going to take to bring in Brock Lesnar is going to be astronomical. I don't think you do it. All right, well, that will do it for today. Uh, let's say thank you again to our sponsors, MyBookie, and you can use the promo code SuperJ. RedCircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to give us some money. Uh, our Discord link is in the show notes. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to buy one of our awesome t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan, who's on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>